get everything you've ever heard about dieting. What if you could eat the foods you love and find a way to get fit that was actually enjoyable? Welcome to Have It All with Devin Alexander. The chef from TV's Biggest Loser has lost 70 pounds and kept it off for over 30 years. She has also helped others to stop yo-yo dieting and actually transformed their lives. Now, here's your host, Devin Alexander. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here and I'm excited to be here because I have an amazing guest today. I know a lot of us don't sleep enough, right? Well, today's guest, which I will, who I will jump into in a minute, I'm going to give you my update on my daughter, but I will jump in. Uh, Dr. Michael Bruce, you know him as the sleep doctor. I'm sure tons of you have seen him and love him on Dr. Oz. So I'll tell you more about him in a second. So, uh, Jellybean, my little girl, who I've been talking about here um, because I think I told everyone that, to me, have it all, the one thing that I was missing was a child, something that I wanted forever to be a mom. And I finally, because of the show, really, decided that I really needed to go forward with that dream, which I've been doing. I acquired a beautiful baby girl just uh, almost a month ago now. And for those who haven't heard, you can listen to the process month or so and but the update now so the interesting thing about foster care is you obviously take a child and you don't know if you're going to get to keep her or him and in my case I got an update yesterday that made me wonder if the social workers had actually notified the other families of like relatives and things. And it kind of scared me a lot. Like I couldn't believe how much it scared me. Um, I am praying that, you know, obviously what is best for her happens in the end, but also as someone who's been staying up all night, not sleeping and calling Dr. Bruce, I'm going, what do I do? Cause we're not sleeping. Um, I am very invested in this, and as I said, my heart has just completely opened to her. So, uh, as I said, yesterday was a little challenging, and uh, she is doing phenomenally well. She's just an angel. But that's basically the update, and as I said, I'll be sharing more about that, and as I get more information, I'll share it. But but it's, it's an interesting thing because I feel so lucky to, in such a short period of time, acquire just the most perfect little girl. Um, and then, as I said, on the flip side, like there's no guarantee. And I know either way that I'm doing a good thing and she's, you know, had a great month with me and will continue to. The soonest I'll know anything is uh, at the end of January. Um, so we're just going to have a fun holiday season and hope. And at the very least, it'll be a charity thing for me where I'll be giving her a good life for a short period of time. But uh, obviously, I hope that I will get to keep her forever. Okay, so now jumping on to sleep, which I haven't had a ton of. So again, this is great timing. Um, and I want to thank Dr. Bruce in advance because he and his wife literally came over and hung out with me and Jelly Bean um, to uh, help us kind of um, be in a little better place. And it's working. So last night was a rougher night, though, but but we've had a lot of good ones. So um, Dr. Bruce, for those who don't know, is a clinical psychologist and both a diplomat of American Board of Sleep Medicine and a fellow of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. He was one of the youngest people to have passed the board at age 31 and with a specialty in sleep disorders is one of only 168 psychologists in the world with his credentials and distinction. Dr. Bruce is on the clinical advisory board of the Dr. Oz Show and is a regular contributor, as I know, as I said, so many people I'm sure have seen him. He's the author of the new book. The Power of When, which just uh, came out about September a year ago. Um, he has a groundbreaking biohacking book proving that there is a perfect time to do everything based on your hidden biological chronotype. I'm sure he'll get more into that because I have no idea what that means either. Um, Dr. Bruce gives the, <laughs> the exact perfect time to have sex, run a mile, eat a cheeseburger, ask your boss for a raise, and much more. 
Obviously, we all need that. His second book, The Sleep Doctor's Diet Plan, Lose Weight Through Better Sleep. Uh, I think a lot of people here would love to hear this one. Discusses the science and relationship between quality sleep and metabolism. And his first book, Good Night, The Sleep Doctor's Four-Week Program to Better Sleep and Better Health, is an Amazon Top 100 bestseller, has been has been met with rave reviews and continues to change the lives of readers. I could go on forever about him. He's obviously been on a ton of shows. Right now, he's working with Princess Cruises and getting everyone great new beds there. Um, he's worked with Six Senses Hotels and Spas, Lighting Science Group. I mean, it goes on and on and on. So instead of just reading his bio, I'm going to bring him on. Thank you so much, Dr. Michael. Thank you, Chef Devin. I'm excited to be here. Well, again, I, I want to tell everyone how integral you've been in my life. We actually just met very recently, and the timing couldn't have been more perfect for me. He's probably like, seriously, people, you introduced me to this girl with a new, with a new baby. <laughs> But literally a couple of weeks ago, I have reached out. I, I try not to reach out to my expert friends for personal questions too often. But having not slept on a Thursday and a Friday night, on Saturday morning around 9 a.m., I started a message with, I'm sure you get this all the time, and I apologize in advance. But, and, uh, and he, he literally, I kid you not, is such a nice guy, barely knowing me, came to my house with his wife, and, uh, and we had a ton of fun, and Jellybean really appreciated it. <laughs> well, so first of all, Jellybean is ridiculously adorable. What a super sweet child. And it was our pleasure. Um, and it's funny because my wife really, uh, it's so funny when people ask me about children's sleep. My wife was the one who really did all of our childhood sleep stuff. I was a total sucker. If my son or daughter cried for even an instant, I was <laughs> flying across the house and you know, trying to rescue them and all of that silliness. And the truth of the matter is, is that, um, you know, having a defined program for a child, it can be very, very helpful, not only for their sleep, but for our sleep as parents. So one of the things I talk about with people all the time is just kind of thinking through that idea of, um, of a, a whole methodology or a program, not just for our children's sleep, but for ours as well. Oh, cool. And how do you go about um, starting something like that? Well, I think there's a couple of different ways. And so, first of all, one thing that, so it depends. Some people come to me and they say, gosh, um, I am, I'm not sleeping well, and they have a particular sleep problem. And so, sometimes that's an area of focus. And so, that's a, that's a very different path. That's where somebody might see me in clinic, and they would come, and we would do a full assessment. It might take about an hour, where I would sit and ask them a series of standardized questions, have them fill out some questionnaires that would help me understand what the quality of the sleep the sleep is that they're getting and in many areas how they think about sleep. That turns out to be very important, especially when we're talking about insomnia. Um, and then in addition to that, um, we would uh, formally get involved in therapy. And so I am an insomnia specialist and my and the technique that I use is something called cognitive behavioral therapy. <clears throat> now, that sounds like a big crazy word, but it's really not. Um, <laughs> what it is, is what we do is we look at the behaviors that people do that are inconsistent with good sleep. I'm not a psychologist who says, let tell me about your relationship with your mother, right? That, that's not me. Um, I will ask you questions about your behavior. What exactly do you do before bed? Why do you do that? Are you looking at screens? Are you in front of bright lights? Are you eating snacks late at night? Are you talking about stressful things late at night? I'm, I'm really interested in behavior because one of the things that we know is that behavior before bed directly affects not only your ability to fall asleep, but the quality of the sleep you get and your ability to stay asleep. So it turns out that behavior is very critical. Um, and uh, so that's, if you came to me, let's say, formally, that might be um, something that we would, we would start with. Now, another possibility could be if you had something called sleep apnea. So for folks out there who don't know what that is, um, sleep apnea is a very serious medical situation, uh, which where, I'm sorry, where we talk to people um, about stopping breathing in their sleep. Now, many people might say, oh, my gosh, stopping breathing in your sleep. That, that doesn't sound good. You're correct. That is not good. Um, <laughs> that is a situation where, and by the way, almost everybody will stop breathing in their sleep once or twice a night, 
But this is for somebody who snores and then stops snoring and then stops and then kind of wakes up and goes, and they kind of make this choking sound. That is a very defined situation called sleep apnea. That's something that's not uh, to be avoided. If you think that you have sleep apnea or your bed partner has sleep apnea, you absolutely positively want to talk with a sleep specialist about it. Um, we now know that untreated and undiagnosed sleep apnea will um, definitely lead to high blood pressure. Uh, it leads to all kinds of cardiac situations. We've seen it lead to stroke, even death. So when somebody comes to see me for that kind of thing, um, we have them in a sleep clinic. We will do a sleep study. Now, for folks out there who don't know what a sleep study is, there's a couple of different types. One is one that you do in your home. That's a lot easier. Uh, another one is one that you do in a laboratory setting or in a hospital setting. That's a little bit more detailed. Uh, both of them will give you good information. The one in the hospital will give you a little bit more information in case your case is more complicated. Your doctor will figure out which one you need. Um, and that's what would be kind of formally what happens when you go to see a sleep doctor. But that's not the only way that I help people. Um, sometimes people come to me and they say, gosh, Dr. Bruce, all I want to do is just improve the quality of my sleep. I don't think I have a sleep disorder. I don't think I have apnea or narcolepsy or insomnia. Um, but I want to improve the quality of my sleep. And that's where my books, my online coursework and things like that come into play. And that's where we really see a lot of people benefiting because they, um, they really get a lot out of the tips and the tricks and the, and the online programs that I provide. Yeah, you know, I know it's so funny because the people who introduced us were like going on and on about how amazing all of your programs are and how they really transform them, which is why I was so excited to meet you. I would like to jump in for one more second back to the sleep mm -hmm. apnea because of the audience. Um, I first heard about sleep apnea because of the Biggest Loser show. Um, of a number of the contestants had it there. So particularly for people who either in my experience, and I'd love to hear yours, who just are of normal weight but have a really thick neck or who are overweight often are plagued a lot more with sleep apnea. Is that true? Or can you be like a skinny runner with a thin neck and have sleep apnea? Oh, like, you know what? That's a great question. It. I'm really glad that you brought that up, Devin. So here's where, here's where it gets interesting. Is the, and it's really great that you mentioned neck size because, by the way, almost nobody knows this. I'm really I'm happy to hear that you do. If you have more, not you, Devin, but if right. anybody out there has larger than a 17-and-a-half-inch neck, you have an over 80% chance of having sleep apnea. So oh, this huh. is the largest. It's crazy. It's the largest physical marker we know of or almost any disease, specifically in the sleep world, for sure. Um, and, and yet, could you be skinny and have a thick neck? Yeah, you could be. You, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be impossible to do, and you could still have sleep apnea. But remember, sleep apnea is not just a big person's disease. While we do know that people who, uh, for example, people who are on The Biggest Loser um, would fall into the obese category, we do know that there is a very high correlation between sleep apnea and obesity. Um, there's a high correlation between snoring and being overweight. And, you know, we can talk about snoring for a second if you'd like. Um, you know, it's very interesting, but if, you, if people out there just tried to lose between 5 and 10%, I'm not talking about, you know, having a major weight reduction, but 5 to 10% of their body weight, that could actually reduce snoring by between 30 and 50 decibels. So it might not get rid of the snoring, but it doesn't make it nearly as loud. Um, so things to think about like that are, are very, very important. But no, I have a close friend who has a body mass index uh, and is underweight, believe it or not, and has rip-roaring sleep apnea. That's more of an anatomical situation. That's where they have large tonsils, large adenoids, um, extra tissue in the back of their throat, and they actually had to have it surgically removed. Um, this individual... Um, who happens to be a memory expert, his tonsils were so big they were almost touching what we call kissing tonsils. Um, and once we had those removed, he went from sleeping about two hours a night to sleeping about six and a half hours a night, which was pretty amazing. Wow. Okay, well, we have to go to a break right now. But when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this, and then we're going to get into what we do for great sweet sleep quality. Stay tuned, everyone. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired.
Tune in to the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and special VIP co-hosts for an entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussion with some of the top stars in their fields, from business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, literature, and current events. If you're looking for what's next and comparing it to what's now or what's past, look no further than the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am here with Dr. Michael Bruce. Uh, you know him as the sleep doctor. You've seen him on Dr. Azatan and many other places. He's got award-winning books. And I'm so excited to be here with him because I think a lot of us are sleep-deprived this season. Huh. Um, just before the break, we were talking about sleep apnea, how it affects so many people. And I had asked, uh, about whether it's just a disease that's mostly for overweight people or people with thick necks. Um, interestingly when, and Dr. Bruce said that sometimes tonsils and adenoids have, or play a major role. And interestingly, as a child, I got my adenoids removed because I, I guess was headed towards sleep apnea. I had over enlarged adenoids, I guess. And I just remember I was really young. Um, I want to say like seven or something like that. And, um, I was snoring like crazy. My doctor wanted me to be inhaling something that would like minimize them at night or something. And my mom's like, you're not inhaling this forever. So we got my adenoids removed. Um, and I'm no longer a snorer. I, I totally was, but so interesting that we're now coming full circle with this. Nobody ever explained this to me. (laughs) Um, the other thing I would love for you to talk about sleep and how important it is in terms of weight loss. And I know you have a whole book on this because Mm -hmm. I will tell you the one thing that still triggers me to eat like crazy, or at least want to, even though I've lost 70 pounds is when I don't get enough sleep. Like I just all day am thinking somehow my brain thinks that if I eat everything under the sun, that I'll suddenly have the energy that I actually need from sleep. So (laughs) I'd love for you to address that. (laughs) Sure. Happy to do it. So first of all, um, it's very interesting. There's now a tremendous amount of data looking at the idea of sleep deprivation or being sleep deprived and how does it affect your metabolism. So let's talk about that for just a, just a heartbeat here. Okay. So what is sleep deprivation? It's actually different for each person. There is no magic number. Eight hours is a myth. Let me say it one more time. Eight hours yeah. is a myth. I have yeah. been a six and a half hour sleeper my entire adult life. Uh, my wife prefers seven and a half hours. For her, if she were to sleep the amount of time that I usually sleep, six and a half hours, she would be sleep deprived. If I slept, you know, her amount of time, I don't actually think I could do it. I think I would probably feel worse. So understanding what sleep deprivation means to you is, the, is step number one. So let's, let's argue that you already feel that you're sleep deprived. Well, what happens to your body 
um, in, in regards to weight gain or weight loss when a person is sleep deprived. Number one, um, the, as soon as your body becomes sleep deprived, your metabolism slows down. Why would it do that? Your body is trying to conserve the resources, meaning the food um, that's in your system now. And so it slows your metabolism down because it doesn't know why you're awake. And it's wondering, maybe I should hold on to these resources because I might need them because some kind of emergency might be happening. So the oh. first thing that happens is your metabolism slows down. The second thing that happens is your uh, appetite increases because of an increased level of something called cortisol. Now, why would that occur? Exact same reason. Now your body is, is looking for resources. It wants to bring food in because for some reason you're still awake and you're going to need energy. So it's looking for resources. So we've got slow metabolism and we've got high appetite. Then something really weird happens to your hormones. There are two hormones in particular. One is called ghrelin. That's spelled G-H-R-E-L-I-N. And that's what I call your go hormone. That's the hormone that makes you hungry. By the way, there's a big difference in your brain between being hungry and having an appetite. Those actually are two different functions, but both of them are affected by sleep deprivation. There's actually a 20% increase in ghrelin or increase in hunger. There is also a reduction of a hormone called leptin. Leptin is the hormone that makes you feel full and satisfied. That reduces by 15% when you're sleep deprived. So look at our situation just right now. You have <laughs> high appetite. It's terrible, right? You have high appetite, yeah. you have high hunger, you have low metabolism, and you have low feelings of fullness. Honestly, it couldn't get much worse, but it does. So if you are sleep deprived for any type of period of time longer than a week or two, you actually, and this is where you're going to find this fascinating, Devin, you start to crave high fat, high caloric foods. Great study out of the University of Chicago that showed when people were sleep deprived and then uh, there were healthy alternatives on one table like veggies and dips and fruit and nuts and all these good things for you and cakes and cookies and pies on the other table and access to all of them, everybody chose the cakes, the cookies and the pies because our brain doesn't like that elevated level of cortisol I was talking about. And the easiest way to de-stress your brain and reduce cortisol is to eat high sugar, high fat foods, because that produces serotonin. That's why we call them comfort foods, by the way, because they make us feel comfortable by increasing our levels of serotonin. So one more time in review, you're craving high fat, high caloric foods. You've got high appetite, high hunger. You've got low metabolism and low feelings of fullness. And that's what happens when you're sleep deprived. And you just single-handedly explained my childhood and how I, <laughs> no, seriously, like, so I don't know if I shared this with you yet, um, I, mm. and I want to share it with everyone, so if I did share it with you already, I apologize, but basically people always ask how I got so overweight as a kid, and my, mm -hmm. and I, I didn't know this scientifically, but now you've just affirmed it. Um, so my best friend's parents were killed in a plane crash when I was eight years oh. old. And oh I only ever saw my friend one more time. And she told me that she dreamt that her parents died the night they died. And my parents traveled some. So I took it upon myself to stay awake every time they traveled so mm. that I wouldn't dream that they died and thus they wouldn't die. And I did this for years <laughs> and I weighed 200 pounds when I was 15. <laughs> and that yeah. literally was the, there was one other thing that triggered it when I was a little younger, but, but that was literally, so on top of having like multiple losses as a kid, I want, I never wanted to sleep. So, um, I'm sure this doesn't surprise you that I weighed 200 pounds as a 15 year old based on what you just said. Well, and, and that makes perfect sense. And there are so many people out there, Tevin, that have no idea how sleep directly affects the metabolic process. This is not, it's not an indirect situation. This is a direct situation. And by the way, it isn't like I only have a couple of studies on this. There are literally 30 or 40 studies now in the, in the medical literature that shows that this is exactly what happens. So, you know, for folks out there who are dieting, who are, you know, trying to maintain a certain level of fitness and who are trying to, you know, change their world and change their lives, you've got to understand and respect your sleep. Um, you know, it, it's funny. One time somebody said to me, well, is are sleeping pills the new diet pills? Like, if you just force yourself to sleep, is that, is that a good idea as well? No, 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 no. Let's not go to that extreme either. 
natural sleep, if you can get it, and don't get me wrong, there are some people that require sleep aids to help them fall asleep. That's okay, too. But generally speaking, if you can get good natural sleep, you will have a far better likelihood of having your, your diets work. Wow. This is so enlightening. Um, well, I know you have this incredible quiz on your website called the Power of When Quiz. Can you tell us a little bit about what we will learn from that? Absolutely. So my new book is called The Power of When. And um, this is a book that's all about something called chronotypes. Now, for folks out there who may not have heard of the word chronotypes before, let me tell you what that is. If you've ever heard of being called an early bird or a night owl, those are chronotypes. So I discovered um, that there aren't actually just two chronotypes. It turns out that there are four. Um, There's the early bird, there's people in the middle, there are night owls, and then there are people with insomnia. Um, But what I did was I changed it from birds to mammals because I'm a mammal, not a bird. Uh, And I chose mammals that actually have, um, believe it or not, similar sleep schedules. So I chose lions to replace early birds. And the reason I did that is that lions actually are awake before dawn. That's usually when they're hunting. Um, And if you are a lion or an early bird, we've actually learned that there are certain personality characteristics that go along with that. These people have a tendency to wake up at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. They are ready to rock and roll very early. They are usually leaders in their industries. Um, They are COOs of their environment. They will make a list every day and go from step one to step two to step three, very regimented. Uh, It sounds great to be a lion until you look at them socially. Um, Because they're up at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, dinner and a movie is almost impossible for a lion. They are exhausted (laughs) by the end of the day, and they're asleep by 8 o'clock in the the evening, sometimes even 8.30. My bears are my middle people. And by the way, it's the best to be a bear. Um, (laughs) The whole world actually functions on a bear's schedule, believe it or not. Um, most bears are up by around 7, 7.30. Um, they go to bed around 10, 10.30. They are much more of an extrovert. They are, from a personality standpoint, these are the folks that get work done. Um, I have discovered that there are people who are early bears and late bears. So some people who are bears but like to get up early, or some people are bears who like to stay up late. Um, but they, they represent almost 50% of the population. Um, then there are the night owls, which I call wolves. I happen to be a wolf. Um, I rarely, if ever, go to bed before midnight, and um, because I only require about six and a half hours of sleep, um, I'm up around 6.30, um, 7 o'clock, depending upon what's going on here at the house. Um, and we are more introverted. We're more creative. My authors, my actors, um, my musicians are usually wolves. Um, we don't like to get the party started until 10 o'clock at night. Um, we are very, very different, much more creative types of people, almost opposite of lions in many cases. Uh, And then the final type are what we call dolphins, and these are my problem sleepers. Um, These are people who have diagnosed themselves with insomnia, um, who are having difficulty sleeping, have always had difficulty sleeping throughout their lives, things like that. And so if you go to thepowerofwhenquiz.com, what you will do is it's about a 35-question quiz. It takes you all of two minutes to complete it, and you will immediately learn which chronotype you are. Now, that in and of itself is fun and interesting and all that kind of cool stuff, but here's where it gets really interesting, is once I know your chronotype, and rather you know your chronotype, then uh, we can tell you exactly what your hormone schedule is for a 24-hour cycle. So as an example, we know that your melatonin faucet, if you're a lion, turns off at about 5 o'clock in the morning. But if you're a wolf, it doesn't turn off until about 7 o'clock in the morning. Same holds true with every single hormone in your body. So I've actually been able to match activities to hormones and when those hormones are at their perfect point for you to do things. So believe it or not, with this book, if you figure out what your chronotype is, I can tell you the best time to have sex, eat a cheeseburger, run a mile, ask your boss for a raise, you name it. Wow. (laughs) I was wondering about that as I was reading your bio. So interestingly, um, I sound like, I think I'm a, well, in, in everything you described a wolf, I am a fellow wolf, though throw in my little bit of I mean, I do have some insomnia. I, I'd be curious which, so I'm mm-hmm. going to run to your website and uh, thesleepdoctor.com and uh, do the quiz after this. 
But um, so I have, I think, a little bit of dolphin in the insomnia part of me. But what I find so interesting is you're so right about those executives because I'm an entrepreneur's organization, as you know, and so many of these executives and people that I'm with are like, I get up at four o'clock in the morning and blah, blah, blah. And that's all I can think is like, seriously, in order to have like this super hugely accessible business, I need to like get up at four o'clock in the morning and it sounds no fun. Like, as you said, no dinner and a movie, no uh, you know, how do you do a red carpet? <laughs> right. Exactly. And it makes it so tough on people. I mean, so many people just really, um, you know, don't realize that they're forcing themselves into a separate chronotype. I'll give you a great example. I was talking um, with a, a new patient yesterday, and um, her bed partner was the one who had recommended her to me. Her bed partner and I uh, worked together on certain projects. And um, and after five minutes of talking to her, it was fascinating. She said, well, you know, I get in bed and my, my bed partner wants to get in bed at, you know, nine o'clock and I'm not sleepy at nine o'clock. I don't get sleepy until 1130, but, you know, I want to spend time with them. So I'm in bed. Sometimes I'll doze. Sometimes I won't. But then I wake up in the middle of the night at 1:30 in the morning and I can't go back to sleep. You know, that they're asleep just fine. And it's because one of them is a lion and the other is a wolf. So it's very, very interesting. When, you know, I can honestly tell you, Devin, I've saved more marriages as a sleep doctor than I think I ever would have as a marital therapist. Um, <laughs> just by getting people's, you know, sync back together and in line with each other, it's, it's truly amazing. Well, how would you do that? So if I'm, if I go to bed at one o'clock, and I mean, honestly, I've dated a lot of people who do want to go to bed at nine or ten. And Mm -hmm. to be honest, for me, like I sometimes find myself adapting and adapting well to that because the comfort of having somebody else like totally nixes my insomnia. Um, Mm -hmm. But does it work like that for people or how like if you're truly Mm -hmm. I I mean, do you just not because I can't even honestly imagine dating someone who gets up at four o'clock in the morning. (laughs) So it's really interesting and it happens often. So, like, I'll give you an example of me and my wife, who you know. So, Mm -hmm. when Lauren and I were dating, I would say, hey, what time do you want me to pick you up? She'd say, I don't know, pick me up at 8. And then we'd go to dinner around 8.30. We'd get finished with dinner around 9.30, quarter to 10. We might go to a movie from 10 to 12. Then we might go out for a drink afterwards, get back to the house by 1.30, 2 o'clock. That was a typical evening for us because she's a wolf just like me. And we never knew it at the time. We just thought, oh, well, I guess we're just kind of nice people, and that's kind of cool. Um, and it's always worked out that way. She's always been a nice person. I've always been a nice person. So then the question becomes, holy cow, what do I do if I'm dating somebody, truly love them, already married to them, in a committed relationship, whatever, um, to somebody who's a morning person and I'm a night person? The first thing to do is education. Um, I have discovered that by talking with people and explaining these different genetically predisposed chronotypes, And let me be clear, this is based on our genetics. This is not a system that I just made up. If you look at something called the PER3 gene, um, it is specific to the timing of circadian rhythms uh, and the length of, or the strength, rather, of your sleep drive. So this is all based on real genetics, has absolutely nothing to do um, with just kind of coming up with some ideas. So what you have to do is educate people. Once people kind of understand, oh, So you're a morning person and I'm a night person. All of a sudden, a lot of things get a lot easier. Um, Oftentimes, there's a negotiation that goes on, which is, well, I kind of like to get in bed around 9. Well, the other one says, I want to get in bed around 1130. Um, Are you comfortable if I can come to bed, you know, after you've fallen asleep? Um, Yeah, that's okay, but does it have to be every night? Like on the weekend, can we get in the bed together? Sure, let's do that. So during the week, we're going to have separate times. On the weekends, we're going to commit to each other that we're going to get in bed at the same time. Those are the types of discussions that have a tendency to occur, and it works out really, really well for people. So, you know, I'm, I'm always interested in seeing how people can communicate and educate themselves um, and, and be able to make things like this happen. Another option is both people are in bed at the same time, but one person might um, be uh, watching Netflix on their iPad or, or watching television while the other person has eye-shaded earplugs on and can be able to fall asleep that way. Like there's lots and lots of different ways to get it to go about figuring this out. But if you are married to in a committed relationship with somebody who is an opposing chronotype of yours, um, you just got to talk about it and negotiate through these ideas. 
Oh, my God. I love this. You are awesome. Okay, so we have to go to another commercial break, but I want everybody to go to thesleepdoctor.com and uh, get – I'm take, I'm guessing the quiz takes a little more than a couple minutes. Um, no, nope, so it doesn't, can, actually. It's, only, it's literally uh, only two minutes long because we timed it. Oh. Um, and people can find it at thepowerofwhenquiz.com or they can get there through thesleepdoctor.com. Awesome. Okay, so everyone start checking that out, and we'll be back in about a minute and a half. So you can do the quiz later, but at least pull it up now so you don't forget. We'll see you in a minute. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All. Hey everyone, I am back with Dr. Michael Bruce and we are talking sleep. He is the sleep doctor and many of you I'm sure have seen him on Dr. Oz as well as other places. Um, one of the things that I know, you know, we've we've talked about the importance of sleep and now, you know, kind of got the science behind why we absolutely, especially if we're struggling with our weight, need plenty of sleep. Um, I want to hear from Dr. Bruce about how he fits sleep in because first of all for those who haven't seen him he's incredibly fit he's the father of two kids he's on tv all the time he's flying around all the time speaking um he's a great husband he and his wife managed to find time to show up to my house to help me with jelly bean um just that generous and great a friend and he's working on a if i remember correctly a vitamin line it's a vitamins for sleep am i correct yeah, it's um, a sleep supplement and vitamins, absolutely. Yes. So I want to know, how do you find time to sleep? <laughs> uh, well, so, you know, I'm pretty strict about it. I mean, I, I do a, a nice job of being able to get to bed by midnight and up at 6.30. And it's nice because, quite frankly, because I, I really have discovered that my, my perfect amount of sleep appears to be six and a half hours um, to seven. It works out very well for me. But it's really about a commitment. Um, and, and, you know, it, it sometimes... Um, I don't get, you know, the a recommended amount of time. It's nice because everybody knows me as the sleep doctor. So if I'm flying around the country giving lectures, I, get, I can schedule in nap time. Um, yeah. I have taught myself how to sleep on an airplane. Um, I, I, when I get to destinations, I can take a power nap for 20 minutes, which might replace some of the sleep that I could have missed. Now, on a regular basis, am I trying to replace sleep because I'm only getting five and a half hours a night? No, I'm not doing that. On the occasions where it's, dip, it's more difficult, then sure, I, I can adapt. Um, I don't have to be so ultra rigid because, hey, life, you know, life happens, right? And that, that's something that we all need to take into consideration. So for me, um, it's really about a commitment. And to be honest with you, Devin, um, and I'm not just saying this because I'm the sleep doctor, I discovered even before I got into sleep medicine, if I sleep well, I perform well. And that's really the name of the game for me is being able to get out there and perform at a level that, that I want to be able to perform at really requires the correct amount of sleep. 
Right. So you have mentioned that you require six and a half hours of sleep. How mm-hmm. does one determine how much Ha-ha. they actually need? Great Ha-ha. question. I like so it. So <laughs> if, if everybody out there goes to my website, thesleepdoctor.com, there is a section called the Bedtime Calculator. So I, de- I developed a methodology um, where you can discover this, but I'm going to teach it to everybody right now. But just for references, if you go to thesleepdoctor.com, it's there as well. So most people have what's called a socially determined wake-up time, meaning work, school, kids, what have you. Something is going to wake you up at least five days a week at roughly the same time. Um, so you take that socially determined wake-up time, and now we know that the average sleep cycle is approximately 90 minutes long. We also know that the average person has uh, between four and five of those sleep cycles. So if you take top five times 90, um, it's 450 minutes, which translates to roughly seven and a half hours of sleep. So you count backwards from your socially determined wake-up time, seven and a half hours. So let's do an example. If you normally you wake up during the week at 6.30, if you go back seven and a half hours, 11 p.m. turns out to be your bedtime. If you do this for approximately one week, here's what will happen. If, if you're waking up approximately three to five minutes before your alarm goes off, you've figured out how much sleep you need. But, but let's run the experiment on me and let me, let me discuss how I discovered what my sleep time turned out to be. So I did this experiment. I had to be up at 6.30 and I, I did seven and a half hours, so I went to bed at 11. And you know what happened? I woke up at 5.30. I didn't want to be up at 5.30, did it again the next night, went to bed at 11, woke up at 5.30, did it again, went to bed at 11, woke up at 5.30. And so I said, okay, I'm going to try an experiment. I'm going to go to bed at midnight and see what happens. Went to bed at midnight, woke up exactly at 6.30. So I ran the experiment and it didn't work exactly correctly for me, but it was a good place for me to start. It turns out that my sleep cycles are not 90 minutes long. My sleep cycles are 78 minutes long. Now, the reason I know that is because I'm a sleep doctor. I work in a sleep laboratory. I mean, I can, I can test my sleep cycles whenever I want. Obviously, not everybody out there can do that. So it's important for people to realize that you can run this experiment, and if you're, if you're waking up an hour before your alarm, then scoot your bedtime later. If you're, if you're still needing an alarm to wake up, then scoot your bedtime earlier. But you can indeed discover this through my bedtime calculator. Oh, Wow. And then um, you mentioned that you taught yourself to sleep on an airplane. How does one teach yes. themselves that? <laughs> so some people, uh, so first of all, it can, de- it can depend upon several different factors. So I actually bring with me on airplanes my own little sleep kit. Um, so what do I mean by that? Um, I will bring earplugs or I will use my earbuds from uh, my, my uh, uh, headset. Um, I have a sleep mask that I keep in my briefcase. Um, and um, I use, I oftentimes have a, a, a neck pillow. Uh, and so what I will do is I, and now let's be honest, it's much easier to sleep in first class or business class than it is in coach. Um, and it's also, I find it much easier to sleep uh, in a window seat rather than an aisle seat. Uh, with a window seat, you can lean up against the side of the fuselage, um, which is good. The most stable area of the airplane turns out to be over the wing. So if you're a person who doesn't like a lot of movement when they sleep, it's much easier to sleep in the middle of the aircraft than it is on the ends of the aircraft. Also, if you can avoid um, the galley and the bathrooms, because that's where a lot of people have a tendency to congregate, so there's a lot of noise, that can be helpful as well. And then finally, I actually use a meditation, um, a progressive muscle relaxation and meditation, and I listen to it right after takeoff, and it really relaxes my body and allows me to drift off to sleep. Um, If people are interested in that meditation or relaxation, um, uh, it's actually available on my website under the products tab. Um, I think it's like nine bucks or something. And um, it's the one that I use and I've used with patients for years. And it's actually very, very helpful. Oh, and okay. And then if someone has insomnia... Where do you begin? I mean, obviously, we can all call you because <laughs> um, you have a, um, you know, you have a practice and you do treat people. But but in general, um, where do you begin? And like, what exactly is insomnia in terms of like, mm-hmm. does that mean that every night you can't go to sleep or you're waking up or what? So the formal definition of insomnia is difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep more than three nights per week, 
more than three weeks a month for more than three months. So I call it the rule of threes. Um, okay. So if you fall into that category, that's probably where you have insomnia. Now, you may not, you may not come close to that category. Um, I have an online course um, specifically for insomnia. Uh, if you go to my website, you'll be able to find it there. And um, this is where I actually walk you through something that's very similar to cognitive behavioral therapy. It's not officially cognitive behavioral therapy, but it really walks you through the behavioral part, which is awesome um, and highly effective. I've had tremendous success getting people to be able to not only fall asleep, but stay asleep using my online program. That's one option. Another option is to go to an accredited sleep center and find a person like me. Um, there, we are uh, associated with almost all accredited sleep centers across the United States these days. So if you feel like you're having a problem with insomnia, you should contact your local sleep center. If you don't know how to find your local sleep center, if you go to the website, www.sleepcenters.org, you can type in your zip code and it'll tell you an accredited center near you. Oh, I love it. And so if someone has like sleep anxiety, like they just, for whatever reason, don't want to go to sleep, is that mostly treated with meditations before you go to sleep or like full-on therapy or? So what I've discovered is um, we, we have a tendency to find that it, different things work for different people. Um, so usually um, that's where oftentimes you can get, um, you know, advice of your general practitioner or things like that. Hmm. Okay. And like a general practitioner, meaning like you're just normal your PCP, doctor, you go your and say I'm not. Those- they will be able to refer you either to a sleep specialist in your area or be able to write you a prescription if you needed a prescription medication to help you sleep. Huh. And then I'm curious, melatonin versus like, do you find melatonin to work well? And are those things damaging over time? Or is it okay to be taking emergency, you know, like emergency has this new melatonin thing. And I've seen a lot of products on the market. Are Mm -hmm. they... I mean, obviously, people need to go to their individual doctors and things. Um, but so here's the deal with melatonin. Like melatonin is a sleep regulator, not a sleep initiator. Melatonin doesn't make you fall asleep. It makes your body think it's bedtime. Those are actually two different processes in the brain. So about 50% of people um, who take melatonin, it does not work for them. Um, and that's, there's multiple reasons why. Um, also, melatonin, uh, in most cases, is actually sold in an overdosage format. The correct dose is between a half and one and a half milligrams. That's first of all. Also, it should be taken approximately 90 minutes before bed. Most people don't know that either. It takes that long for plasma concentration levels to get there. So people are taking it like a sleeping pill right before bed, and it just doesn't work that way. Um, also, mm-hmm. melatonin is not regulated by the FDA meaning that I can make it in my garage and the purity standards are never questioned. So be careful if you're getting melatonin out there. My personal recommendation for melatonin, I like the melatonin that's sold at Trader Joe's. Um, I've looked at the quality and it comes in the correct dosage. It's also a chewable format. So I, I, I would recommend if you think you need melatonin for sleep regulation, um, then I would say that get the Trader Joe's melatonin. Like if you're going to be flying somewhere and you might have jet lag or you're a shift worker, it could be very uh, uh, good for you. Also, if you're over the age of 50 to 55, we also know that melatonin depletion um, or deficiency can occur um, once we reach those ages as well. Oh, interesting. So we only have a few more minutes before we close. I know we've already uh, told people to go to the sleepdoctor.com. And we want everybody to take the Power of When quiz. Is there anything else that people should look out for coming up with you? Um, well, the, the, certainly I'm actually going to be launching a new line of sleep quizzes on sleep compatibility, which is kind of Oh, you just cut out there for a second. It was one of our topics. Um, earlier. Nope. Um, so the, you'll, you'll be seeing that quiz. Also, right now, if people go to thesleepdoctor.com, they will see my sleep gift guide. So I have gone and reviewed literally 100 products and found the ones that I think are the best, and they are available in my sleep gift guide. If you got an opportunity and you go to Facebook and you type in The Sleep Doctor on Facebook, you'll see that there's 
You can click on the link there. And please join me on Facebook or Twitter. I give uh, posts every day with new sleep tips on and on and on. Okay. And if you could say one thing to someone who says, I don't have time to sleep, what would you say? You absolutely positively have the time to sleep. You're just not choosing to sleep. I love that because that's what I think. I mean, I there are times where, I mean, you and I, we talk about this, like, you know, we're on back-to-back jobs and things like that. And it's kind of funny because we get less sleep than we do any other time. But for the most part, um, we make up for it when we get home. And I, that's kind of what people, I think, really need to hear, especially in this, um, in the, I want to say in my audience, because many of us are people who either have struggled with weight or are struggling with weight. And for those who've joined later, like, please go back and listen to this entire show because um, Dr. Michael Bruce has really explained for us why it is so desperate or why we so desperately need sleep if we're struggling with our weight at all. Um, So I want to thank you again so much for joining me and for just the role you've played in my life and um, the impact that you're having in the world, um, because it really is amazing. And um, as I said, everybody, well, it's, it's just so great. You're so generous and so amazing. And I love that you have all these resources for people. And again, it's just in, in the crowd that I work with, it's so, so, so important. And I think people do so often say, oh, I don't have time. And I just want people to realize that, you know, sometimes when I'm on the road, I choose sleep over working out and that shocks people. But for all the reasons Dr. Bruce said that I didn't know in that way, I just know that if I stay up that extra hour and work out and then because night was the only time I I feel like I'm more energized and then I get even less sleep and then I eat more the next day. So instead, I just walk in airports and, um, you know, get in the activity I can where I can and then I get my sleep and I'm not overeating. So again, thank you so much for joining us. I hope um, everybody will join us again next week and have a Merry Christmas to everyone who celebrates it and a happy holiday to everyone who doesn't. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to Have It All. Be sure to join Devin Alexander for another great show next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Until we talk again, have a fit and fun week.